Hey guys, and welcome to Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures. Listen, you and I have a lot in common. Like you, I'm a working person and I have real world responsibilities. But despite living that nine to five grind, I still want to live that adventurous creative lifestyle we all crave. So how can we do that? Well, that's why I'm here. Roman Go Lightly is a podcast and blog that believes in local adventure and everyday creativity. Because listen, adventure doesn't require a plane ticket and creativity is beckoning and it's for everyone, even us working people. Join me each week as I pick the brains of some of the coolest makers and seekers out there to find out in what small ways we can infuse their practices for inspiration and adventure into our daily working lives. You in? Let's do this. Hello, man, oh man, thank you for joining us for another episode of Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures. I'm Laura, the creator of Roman Go Lightly, the resource that you need in your life to lead that adventurous and creative lifestyle, even in the real world. I want you to do that because I think it's totally possible. Adventure is right outside of our doors and I want you to get there um, in whatever way that you can. So definitely check out what we're doing. You're creative. You like adventure. You're here for a good time and that's what you're going to get. Today, we are saying hello to Ray Tashman, who is the conscious lifestyle guru living in the coolest city ever. Ray is the lady behind the blog Love from Berlin, which is one of the most original conscious living blogs out there. It's actually one of the first ones. Ray is an expat living in Berlin, which is a city that she loves, and she's constantly being inspired by. As a UI designer, blogger, writer, podcaster, public speaker, fashionista, overall cool human being, Ray is really well-spoken on believing in not fitting into one type of creating, not putting yourself into that box. Our conversation circles around our mutual love of adventure um, and Ray's insight on how we can take those tiny small steps towards living an intentional life, whether that means through your diet or through your different ways of handling life situations check it out. I love our conversation and I'm curious to dig deeper into what Ray is all about. Here we go. Hey, Ray. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Oh my gosh. So let's get into it. Can you tell us who you are, what you do? Definitely. So I'm Ray and I'm a 20 something year old expat from Virginia. Um, I'm now living and working in Berlin. I've been there for almost I'm, it's, I'm approaching seven years, so I've been there for quite some time. Um, I take pictures of pretty things, and I write about stuff. That's a perfect explanation. <laughs> yeah. So um, you are a lifestyle and travel blogger, um, but on top of that, you're a photographer, you're an um, interactive designer. Can you tell us like how you got into that? Yeah, sure. So... Um, with photography, I've always been taking pictures. I um, got really interested in photography, actually, at quite a young age. I think I was around nine, and um, we went to the museum, my family and I. That that was when it was still outside of D.C., um, and they had Pulitzer Prize-winning photography. Um, I think it was some exhibition, and I really fell in love with photography at that moment. Something in me just kind of clicked. There were these incredible photographs of completely iconic scenes from history and next to it would be a description of um, you know what, what was happening in the photo and then later you could read about the photographer themselves and kind of what their life was like after they had taken such an iconic photo. So that was kind of when my interest in photography started um, and then you know I took it in high school and college like courses. Unfortunately I never had a really good courses in college so really I'm quite self-taught um, and then I mean I guess that kind of 
coincided with liking to just write for fun and that kind of is how the whole blogging thing happened but with the interaction design I do credit the photography for that too because I think if you have an eye for or you know if your eye is always trying to search for how to compose something that's kind of the same thing with design because it's all about composition as well I kind of um, fell into it really randomly I graduated from a university in the States as well as a university in Berlin. It was a combination for my for my master's in German. And after that, I was like, hmm, I need to do something now. I, I did a lot of stuff before because it's really hard to legally stay in Germany in terms of work visas for Americans. So after I finally got my degree, I, could, I was open to do more things. And I thought, okay, I want to do something artistic. Um, so I kind of sat down, taught myself basic, um, you know, HTML and CSS coding, stuff like that, uh, started working with some programs like InDesign, tried to teach myself some stuff, worked for one startup and did some random stuff for them, and um, yeah, then met a girl on the tram coming home, um, we just got randomly to talking because the tram had broken down, her and her friend gave me a ride home, and I was kind of like, hmm, you're not supposed to take uh, rides with strangers, but they're my age, I'm sure they're not going to kill me, so I went with them, and it turned out that she was looking for an intern for design work, and I actually used my blog as my resume, and she, she hired me, and that's how I learned about design. That's so amazing. What a coincidence. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you talked about how you went to uh, study German um, as your master's degree in Berlin. Is that how you sort of got um, got your first big move there, or had you been there before? No, I was already there for a good few years. I bounced around from a lot of stuff. Like I had taught English for a while in order to stay there. Um, that was just kind of the final step. I think, uh, when was that? I think that was in my third third year of being there or fourth year of being there. I'm not quite positive, but I first went straight after college for an internship. Um, then I had met a guy and I stayed because of him. And then when our relationship um, dissolved, we, I ended up staying because I wanted to see if I loved the city for itself. And I found out that I did. So I just stayed. <laughs> Haven't left since. It sounds like a really awesome place for artists from what I understand and from what you've shared on your blog and all that. Like, I I feel like Berlin is just sort of like the artistic, like, hub of Germany. It definitely is. And I think it's honestly a giant artistic hub for for a lot of people. I mean, not just for Germans, like, of course, it's in Germany, but I think for artists in other cities, a lot of them are coming to Berlin because the rent is still cheap, so you can still afford to live and still create so you know instead of having to kind of yeah I don't know fly by the seat of your pants you can kind of get a a simple job at a cafe but then use your other time uh, to create art so it's just really a great environment for that that's awesome so you've taught English um in Germany too wow I'm learning so much about you (laughs) yeah It was it was um with kids like little kids so it was very exhausting but it was fun. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm a I'm a well my day job is I'm a music teacher at public school and I teach middle schoolers so <laughs> like oh, wow. I know cool. that exhausting game for sure. Yeah, it was difficult because like I taught some kids around the age that you're teaching like for summer camps and stuff, but during the year it was mostly in preschools so half the time it was just me telling kids to, like sit down, don't eat that crayon, like, <laughs> yeah. don't eat the glue. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So you sort of told us about uh, how you've started your life with Berlin. Um, So what do you think about Berlin makes you stay and want to stick around? Um, I mean, 
a lot of why I stay is because I love the vibe in the city. It is very creative. Um, also because now, like, my my home is there. I, of course, I come home to see my fa- my parents and family, but, um, you know, my cats are there. They're my little babies. Um, all my friends are there. I'm kind of established there. I have my flat there. I, I speak German. I'm kind of integrated into the culture there. So there are a lot of reasons to stay. I mean, I'm definitely not staying for the weather because <laughs> the weather's really, really happy in uh, Germany in, in general, I think. Um yeah, but I guess just the creative vibe. It's still cheap to live um, as an artist. It's a very politically driven city if you're in the right scenes. Um, and there's just so much food, like so much incredible um, culture there. And you can eat, you know, different things every night. And it's just very, very friendly for people that um, choose not to eat animals or want to have a plant-based diet. That's awesome. So um, are you, where are you from originally? Um, well, I was born in South Korea, um, but I was adopted at four months old and grew up in Chantilly, Virginia. Awesome. But I went to university in upstate, so I've kind of bounced around. So I've kind of always been a bit of a nomad. <laughs> Sounds like it. So yeah. um, what's, your, what's your hometown's hidden gem? And then what would you say like Berlin's hidden gems are? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, I would say my hometown gem, and I actually, let me, um, yeah, I would say that there's a restaurant that I really love. It's called Sunflower, and that's in Vienna. So if anybody is looking for a place to eat in there, kind of around this area, that's Vienna, Virginia. Um, and it's like a vegetarian restaurant. I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure it would have vegan food as well. I haven't been there in a while because um, I'm not home all the time, but I remember that being one of my favorite places to eat, and I am pretty sure they still exist. Um, and then in terms of, there was one more, um, thing I'm thinking of right now, like uh, in terms of location, there is a place, um, it's the Manassas Battlefield and they have two, um, like two different historical sites. They have the stone house and then they have the stone bridge. Um, so this was like instrumental during the civil war. It was a pretty decisive battle and it's just really beautiful there to go there even in the winter or in the summertime. Um, that was when I was in high school. I went there very often to take photos for my photo class. That's awesome. Oh yeah. And then, sorry. No, you're (laughs) fine. Berlin. Um, gosh, a hidden gem in Berlin. I feel like so many places, um, are pretty, pretty well known. So it's a little bit difficult to think of something that's, that's hidden. Um, that's a, yeah, definitely, like, aside from all the normal stuff, um, Che Village is one of my favorite restaurants. I guess that's, like, locally known, but that would definitely probably not be in the guide's book. And that's a, a vegetarian um, Vietnamese restaurant. They have really, really incredible food. And then, actually, just walking around in my neighborhood in Friedrichshain, there's a place called Platz, And there, there's, like, tons of cute shops, and there's always markets on the weekend. So I would definitely tell people to go there. I love market trips when I'm abroad. It's, like, the best Oh, it really is. And, like, Berlin has so many amazing ones. They, they're, they like, all over the city, so it's really great. There are also ones definitely to explore. Um, I think it's near Maybacher Ufer. That's in Kreuzberg. It's, like, between Kreuzberg and Neukölln. And that's more of a Turkish area, so you can get really amazing spices, and it's just really incredible. That's awesome. By the way, your German is so impressive. It's just, like, rolling <laughs> off your tongue. It's... <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you live there, duh. But like, I, I'm just like, I took German in high school. And I literally felt like when I was speaking German, I was like speaking in like blocks, just like, and you're just sounds so like, fluid and flexible. So sorry. 
So are you like are you fluent in German too? Like do you remember it? Oh or? my gosh, no way. No way. Um but I have learned Italian and a little bit of Japanese just to, like get around when we were abroad there. But like that's those are the only two I've been able to like kind of keep in my memory. But German is so I just I was maybe it was just my first introduction to learning foreign language, but it was very difficult for me. Yeah, I think though like when we're young, we just don't really have the patience because I mean I took Spanish in high school and I can tell you I don't remember like anything at all um like for me German wasn't difficult to learn so I just think that maybe when we're young we just don't have I don't know the brain space or we have so many other subjects going on that we kind of just kind of don't really get in depth plus like I don't know how it was in your school when you were learning languages but um I mean it's I don't think it's enough time during the week to really like get a good grasp on on a foreign language. No, and I think you're right like the patience thing. I felt like in high school I just was so impatient with myself like starting from a, you know, beginner vocabulary and something was just something I I wanted to be good at it immediately. So um, and of course, when you get older, you 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 learn the art of like slow learning and really letting it like seep into your brain. And, you know, that you definitely I definitely have way more self-patience than in high school for sure. But yeah, same thing. Italian and Japanese. It's awesome. It's so so random. And literally, when we were in Japan, it was like embarrassingly bad. But at least they were like, yeah, you're trying. Like, yeah. Um, So. Uh, was there a person or was there a time when you realized you had a knack for this photography, the artistic side of yourself, um, as well as your design sensibility? Yeah, well, um, I guess it's kind of funny because I was really into art when I was like in high school. My my love affair with art kind of got killed. It got crushed pretty harshly in college. No. Um, I feel like I'm well, I feel like a lot of people who study art in college, like, you end up having a really bad experience, and it kind of turns you off to art. So, I mean, I majored in history of government. I went to Skidmore in upstate New York. It's a pretty artsy liberal arts school. Um, and, yeah, I, I was thinking of doing something. I thought to myself I had to do something more serious. So I studied history and government. Of course, I enjoyed it as well, but I thought of going into, like, politics or become a professor, but I was always uh, doing, like, I did my minor arts. I was always doing art on the side. Um, so by then, it was kind of like, my love affair was was a bit um, put off to the side. In high school, I had a wonderful teacher named Ms. Simmons, and I think she really believed in me a lot. But it was really actually over the summer when I was doing my master's, um, that was in connection with, with Middlebury College in Vermont, where I took a course with a, a journalist. She had a journalist course, and we put together like a publication. And I was like, oh, well, I take photos so I can shoot some of the stuff. And she really stood behind me and said, you know, this is a talent. You have a gift, and you really should pursue it. It'd be like crazy not to. So um, that kind of is what re-sparked my love for it. I mean, obviously not because somebody told me that they thought I was good, but the fact that somebody believed in me and, and said, you know, that you sh- if this, this is something you love, you should definitely go for it. I think that gave me the push to think, okay, like, even if it is something artistically based, like, you can still try to make, make a living with that. Um, yeah, that's kind of how that got started. And then with design, it was just the, the boss that had hired me from the tram. Like, when we did the interview, she took a chance. And, yeah, I learned so much from, from both of these women. And it's just really cool to have those mentors have been female as well because I think it's just awesome to have female empowerment. That's yeah, really having like a strong female like presence, you know, and especially when they actually recognize your talent for something. That's so so important. Oh, definitely. And I mean, these two women are just incredible people themselves, and I think that um, I just love the fact that, or I just love it when women can be supportive of each other and just 
see each other as, as role models to learn from or also as people who have a potential to become something instead of this typical kind of like tearing women down. And I don't blame women for doing it to each other. I think that society puts us in these positions where we feel like we have to vie for power with each other. And it's just really sad. So when women can kind of see past that and realize, hey, wait a minute, we're not the enemy, like we can work together, then I think that's when some of the best creation happens. Oh my gosh, yes. And society does teach women that we have to be pitted against each other in order to find success. And it's such a shame because I feel like, especially in the creative community that's out there, I've always felt much, I don't know, maybe it's just my own relationship to women, but I've always felt like it's so great to have a camaraderie of women around you because it's just you're you're close you're it's like a kinship to each other like we should be able to support each other we should be able to like encourage and all that stuff and I feel like in the creative community at times I have felt way more welcomed by women um but of course I'm not saying that all men are like anti-women in the creative industry I'm not saying that at all but um yeah I love that and go miss Mrs. Simmons yes go her that's (laughs) awesome awesome. so you're definitely right Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, I think in the creative field, people, like, I, I feel like there's a general trend towards being in the creative industry. I think you are a little bit more mindful of things. So I found so many incredible friends that are also creative that are either writers or doing art. And it's actually been a very supportive community. Um, you know, because of course I had those experiences growing up where women kind of tried to tear each other down and people were jealous of this and that. And I was never really a fan of that kind of mentality. So it's just so nice to, to, um, I don't know, be surrounded by people that are positive now. And that's one of the things I love about blogging. I mean, I know some people have had negative experiences. And I think if you're a really big blogger, then there's bigger chances of that. But for me, blogging has just also been a place where I've met so many incredible female, yeah, females that are disempowered by what they're doing in themselves. And it's just a, yeah, that's something I love about blogging too. Yeah. And it's so, it's so um, inspiring to see those women out there too. Oh, definitely. And, um, so you sort of talked about in college how you felt like you might have gotten a negative sort of um, experience from that. And I, I say, like, I want to go study music. And I feel like music innately is very competitive just because you're auditioning for the same parts and you're trying to get the, you know, who's going to be first chair, who's going to get the solo and stuff so like nice. that. But um, I've always felt, like you said, the online blogging community is so welcoming because I think only bloggers know what it's like to be new to blogging and like just desperately seeking um, some kind of recognition um, and approval by the community. So I've always felt super, super welcomed, um, especially in the online community, creative community, compared to um, like my college days. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what you exactly what you said, like, we all have to start from the same place with blogging. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that we all understand that. So, you know, if anybody ever reaches out to me, I'm more than happy to chat with them. And I mean, my blog's not even like a giant blog by any means. But you know, they're just people have been very receptive. It just takes, you know, sending an email or retweeting somebody. And I mean, sometimes people might might not see it if they're really big, because I'm sure they're just getting so much um, yeah, so many comments or so many emails, but you know, I'm sure that if they had the moment to sit down, they'd be replying to every comment. Right, 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 right. So your blog's mission to encourage, uh, living with intention. So can you describe, um, this sort of idea a little bit further and, um, how did you learn about this, um, intentional living lifestyle? Yeah. So, um, when it comes to conscious living and conscious lifestyle, it's actually something I feel like has always been, 
um, a big part of my life. Um, so I guess, yeah, even because even at 12 years old, I sat there at the dinner table and basically announced my family that I was no longer eating meat. And of course, I mean, I haven't been a complete vegetarian since 12. I, you know, bounced back and forth. But I think um, just by telling that little little story, like at 12, I was already thinking, okay, how does this impact the environment? Um, what does this do to the animals? So I think that this kind of intentional living, and by that I mean um, being mindful of how we treat the world around us, how we treat the things and the people in our lives, and also how we treat ourselves, because self-care is also something very important to to an intentional, conscious lifestyle. Um, so they've always been things, I think, that have um, been very important in how I, I choose to live my life. And I honestly can't say that I specifically came across um, any particular book or, or, or resource online that kind of had the kind of the whole umbrella of all these type of encompassing things, which is kind of also why I decided to, to create my blog as it is. Now, I'm not saying at all that I invented like the, the catchphrase conscious living, but I can't really say that I um, discovered it in its entirety in the way that I presented on my blog. You know, I've read books about animal rights or books about politics and then kind of books about self-care and combine those things all together to kind of create what I consider like my online space about those things. So I guess it was just kind of all those little things here and there. But I do think that in general, there is a bigger trend and a bigger movement online now to live with intention in general. Totally. I think, I mean, exactly what you said. And um, if people aren't aware of like that sort of undercurrent of this intentional living online, uh, what sort of tips or advice or resources would you send them? Um, I would definitely say that people should first and foremost just be more mindful of the way that they treat those directly around them. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily read um, the New York Times every day, although I would say it's great to also stay stay um, up to date with what's going on in the media, choose a source that you believe in, like a publication you believe in. I don't know um, if it's like my, my place to tell you which ones to read because obviously each one has their own political um, agenda. But yeah, I would say to try to keep up with politics and just things that are going in the news but also yeah to just be focused on those around you to be mindful of how you treat um people that are in your life but also people that you encounter already that you don't actually know so obviously strangers um to reach out to local organizations um in germany there's a website called volunteer uh planner i don't i think it's only a german site but i use that in order to um connect with local charities so I can do volunteer work. Also, I would say there are definitely a ton of um, documentaries that you can find on Netflix that are really great. You just need to kind of look at what you're particularly interested in that moment. So if you're interested in something environmentally based, then you can choose a documentary about that. Um, and then, yeah, there. as I said, there are a lot of interesting websites to read. As I said, I don't know if it's like my right to kind of tell you which ones or like tell people which ones, but just to look online for resources as well. Um, yeah, in terms of, of, of daily update articles about just political things that are happening. That's awesome. Thank you. I think that it's yeah. really important. I think living intentionally a lot of the times just means being self-aware enough to um, acknowledge your impact in the world, right? Like, don't you think that our our day-to-day life, it's so easy to get caught up in the routine and in um, our own sort of motivations that we sometimes ignore like the sim- the simplicity of just like being aware enough and intentional enough about how we live. So, um, do you oh, definitely. Have- Cause I mean, it starts in small places too. And I noticed that when I'm back in the States, because I feel like I'm like a crazy, um, environmental hippie here in America, just because <laughs> things that are so, yeah, it's really funny because things that are so normal in Germany, it's like, 
people don't do that here. So, you know, back in Berlin, I have three garbage cans, one's for plastic, one's for paper, one's for normal waste. And then some people have four even because they do like a, a small compost garbage. So even those simple things, those are small steps we can take turning off lights to make sure that we're conserving energy, um, smiling at somebody in the train, helping somebody if they drop their things, um, asking your friend how they're doing, reminding the people in your life that you're happy that um, they're in your life and blessed to have them. And also, uh, you know, self-care, connecting with yourself, um, doing some meditation, um, reminding yourself that you are a wonderful person and that you're on your own personal journey. Because oftentimes we're very, we oftentimes actually I find that it's not that, of course, in the day-to-day -day life, we can kind of forget to to be mindful of other people and things. But oftentimes, we're very quick to help others, but we forget that we need to to treat ourselves with the same kind of love and respect that we do that we give to other people. Oh my gosh, we always forget about ourselves, right? Definitely, it's like the it's last sad. thing. I know, and it, it's it's awful because well, I think that we, especially at least in the States, I think we're raised to try to not be selfish for the most part. And we feel like we're selfish if we focus on ourselves. But, and I, I lived with that mentality for so long. So I really neglected self-care for a really long time until I realized, well, look, you have to love yourself and to, to be good to yourself in order to also be good for other people. I know everybody always gives this analogy, but it's true. It's like the whole, if you're on the airplane and those, and like the little oxygen masks uh, fall from the top to put yours on first and then help someone because you can't help anybody else if you're yourself like uh incapacitated which is true <laughs> it's a great metaphor so um do you think your travels have sort of inspired this uh awareness to intentional living at all I would definitely say yes in the sense that um traveling I think the, I think one of the most important things about travel is, is it, it uh, forces you to confront other cultures which makes you a more open person um, and it also reminds you that it's really the experiences that we build and that we collect that are the most meaningful and the most enriching things in our lives. That's not to say, like, I, of course, I love going shopping, too. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, I think the great thing about travel is it reminds us that it really is the simple stuff in life that puts a smile on our face. And that's the memory we're going to have 10 years from now. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? That That's like preach. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm all for travel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get into that. Let's talk about some travel. So you, you have, like, the collection of stamps um, on your passport. Um, can you tell us where you've been? And is there, like, a place that you're, like, you just got back from Puerto Rico. But is there a place that you're, like, longing to go to after this? Oh, that's a question. Um, in terms of places I've been, I've been to a lot of places in the Caribbean with family, like, back when we did a lot of family vacations. Um, I've been to California, um, and then in Europe, like, I've been to, let's see, I've been to Paris, London, Prague, um, Bratislava, um, other, like, tiny places in Germany, and then I've been to Korea, that was, like, a family trip to go back to learn a little bit more about our, her like, the heritage and stuff like that, um, yeah, I think that's the bulk of places I've been. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Um, but yeah, there are, there are a lot of places on my list of of uh, places I definitely still want to go. Iceland is huge on my list. I, I really, really want to go to Iceland terribly. Also, just as a photographer. Oh my gosh. The landscape is just incredible. You um, and me both. And then I would... You and me both. Yeah, I think everybody. I think the internet currently is like obsessed with Iceland for good reason um I'd really like to do south like the south Asian countries so I'd like to just kind of but just like with the backpack I'd like to just explore Vietnam Cambodia 
Um, and of course, I'd like to go back to Korea again. That's a more of a personal journey. I'd like to go there to try to find my um, my birth mother, and I really want to actually turn that into a, a photographic essay project. So we'll see if that ever happens. Hopefully, <laughs> that would be so beautiful. That's such a really awesome like idea. And yeah, how- I think it's something that's emotional, but I think something that would be interesting for people also to to be able to share like share the journey with me I would if you did that I would I would be telling everyone about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I really actually wanted to film it I mean I'm not I've consciously made the decision not to really get into YouTube but YouTube scares me but I would maybe I would like to document it because I think it would be making an incredible documentary and it would be interesting to maybe do it in kind of like a, a yeah a video diary form so I don't know. It's just an idea. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, I, more power to you. I think that's an incredible idea to follow through if it ever comes to be a time or whatever. Yeah. And like, what an awesome thing for you to have too, just for yourself. That's such a exactly. meaningful project. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely something from the heart. That's for sure. Awesome. So like, um, do you, you know, you're a designer, you're a photographer, um, and you're a blogger. Do you think that, um, traveling and adventure can be a muse for creatives? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that we also do also need to learn a little bit of how to re-spark the magic in where we live because it's so easy to be inspired by things that are new. So I would say that travel is important, but it's not to forget, you know, all the everyday little things that can also inspire us as artists and creative people. But yeah, I mean, travel, it's just, it's a whole nother world. And just to see new things, I think, encounter new cultures, meet new people, that's going to really be, um, it's always going to be something that's a source of inspiration. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought up that, you know, the wanderlusty thing. It's not always the like the it's not exactly the thing you need to have for inspiration. I'm definitely someone who encourages like small local adventures as much as possible. Um, So, yay! I'm so glad you brought that up. No, definitely. I think it's important because I mean, also the thing is not everybody like travel is expensive. That's not that's not something to ignore. And I mean, you can travel cheaply. There are many ways to to do it for sure. And I think that more and more people are realizing that they actually can travel to other places. But obviously, you know, it's easier in Europe where plane tickets are really cheap or you can take a train or even a bus and you're in another city in a few hours. But you know, if you can't do that, you know, you can also just travel to the neighboring town. I mean, even even the next door town is going to have something that you might not have explored. Or, you know, I always say, if you're in a city, then hop on a bus, take a tour, be a tourist. Like, pretend like, you know, you've never seen the city that you've grown up in, and you can explore it with new eyes. Or if you're not maybe in a city, then hop in a car and drive to a local park or another type of historical location that you probably do have in your own backyard. I love it. And the whole tourist thing, I feel like a lot of times if you go on like TripAdvisor or Yelp um, and you just like look up like things to do in your town, you're going to find things that you probably have either overlooked or you just don't realize how cool they are, especially to like tourists. You sort of have to be a tourist in your own town. Definitely, for sure. Because I think when you grow up someplace, you tend to totally ignore the tourist things. You're like, oh, yeah, like that's there. It'll always be there. But then you end up never seeing it. A new tip that I just um, discovered yesterday, I was surf- I was just, you know, scrolling through Instagram and liking things. And I was thinking like, oh, my friend and I want to go out to for brunch later. And I didn't know where to go. And I was like, well, let me just type in Georgetown and look in the location and just see what people have posted. And actually, I've been doing that now for like the past few, yeah, few days, just looking on Instagram and just 
typing in a location and just seeing what images pop up. And that's really actually a great way to see, oh, that's an interesting cafe or, oh, I didn't know that that store was there or whatever. I mean, it's actually a really, a really great travel guide. Yeah, like the geotag stuff on Instagram. So cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like a visual map of like, where should I go? That's awesome. Oh, definitely. I, I found a few good places that I'm definitely going to check out before I head back. Oh, man. So like, tell me, um, we're getting off subject. I don't care. Um, <laughs> um, you have like such a rad sense of style. First of all, um, I didn't write anything about this in our interview questions so I know it's off the cuff but like is there a certain style or is there a way that you choose to dress that you feel is like totally representative of who you are like I guess I'm I guess what I'm asking is like where does your style come from (laughs) oh okay that's a really good question I think it comes from a lot of things like my friends always used to joke that like oh there's Ray she's going through her like fill in the blanks um like stage right now or phase because I was always experimenting with different things um, and I think that really is key to find your own, finding your own style is just explore. If you like a style, do it. Like, even if it's, um, I don't know, even if it's from a specific type of group, like, don't be afraid of people, I don't know, thinking that you're disingenuous, uh, that, you know, you're not genuine, just kind of do your own thing. That's what I did. I was really kind of, um, very into like punk when I was in high school. So I, and kind of, I don't know, even before then, you know, because we had, we didn't have the best I guess, fashion sense back, like, when I was a kid, so, you know, because I look at kids now, I'm like, wow, they're all so trendy, but, I mean, back then, it was, like, really, really baggy pants, and, like, listening to terrible music, like, Slipknot, things like that, so, but even (laughs) that kind of informed, I guess, how I dress now, in in a lot of ways, and, like, kind of my punk groups kind of definitely are still there, because I love wearing knee-high socks and short skirts still, but... I love, you know, 50s vintage stuff as well, and I'm huge, like, I'm really into boho styles, so I think it's kind of just, like, a mishmash of all of that, kind of just, like, threw up on my body, <laughs> like, I just kind of combine it all, and I mean, I've always loved thrifting, when I was, like, in middle school, I used to thrift, like, little boys, like, basketball t-shirts and stuff like that, so I really think it's just, like, the culmination of all the different trends and, and things I was into combined into one. I, I love guess. I love your anatomy of an outfit posts on your blog. I'm always like, oh, I want her to dress me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I really love fashion, but um, yeah, because like when I first started blogging, I was doing kind of like fashion blogging. Um, but I got really disillusioned to, to fashion blogging really really quickly, so that's why it kind of went into the lifestyle direction. But I do still love fashion, so I still like to post that as well. I love it. It's just I love I love the mix of your content on um your blog and uh I, I just love you know as much as you share like um photography posts and styled posts of like outfits you're the next one it's like three steps to like slow down your life and be more intentional it's so like it's a great mix oh thank you I mean like to be honest I, I'm even still wondering am I doing the right thing because I know that people are always like yeah ways to become a more successful blogger like only blog about one specific subject and I'm like yeah I could do that but I wouldn't be true to myself. That's kind of like exactly why I didn't only decide to stick with fashion blogging and kind of I'm all over the place. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to blog for yourself first and foremost. And it's not about numbers. So I'm kind of like, all right, I'm just going to blog about what I want (laughs) to. Yeah. And if we followed all of those rules, I mean, we would be totally unhappy with what we're doing out on the Internet. Right. Like. I feel like, yeah, we're oh, the internet space is, like, totally oversaturated with bloggers and writers and, you know, photographers and creatives. But, like, if you're not going to be true to your, um, like, your thoughts and your, uh, your intentions and the way that you want to live your life, then, like, what's the point? Like, it's it just reads false, right? I mean... Definitely. I think even if it 
doesn't read false, and even if you were able to convince people that that's really, you know, your interest, I can't imagine that you would be internally happy with yourself. Because, I mean, this is, blogging takes a lot of work, and whether or not it's your profession or if it's a hobby, like, the hours invested, you have to like what you're doing, otherwise it's just silly, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I think, like, in an online space, it's so hard. It would be so hard to keep up that like false idea of who you are. Don't you think when you're sharing 24 seven, you're on social media, you're tweeting, you're Instagramming, you're when you're not even just sharing blog posts, it's like you have to continue this sort of falsity of like what your life is. And I mean, that's definitely something that, you know, staying true to who you are is like so much easier to do it that way because. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this has been really fun. Let's go on to um, our like couple ending silly questions. I always I love to do these because whether or not listeners know you um, or if they're just getting to know you through this interview that we've had together, um, it's really fun just to hear a little bit more about people and their like goofy side. So um, two truths and a lie. Tell me three facts that most listeners wouldn't know about you and two are true and one is a lie and I'm going to have to guess which one is not true. Okay. Um, oh wait. Oh, so two are true and one is a lie. Yes. Okay. Yep, got it. Okay. So um, I once didn't get on an airplane because I was convinced it would crash if I got on. Um, I went skydiving in Puerto Rico and I once had whooping cough, <gasps> which is like an 18th century disease. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, well, okay. Let me, let me think this through. I've definitely been in the situation with your first one with where you don't want to get on a plane because you're like psyching yourself out so much that you're convinced. So I'm going to say that's true. I'm going to say your whooping cough is true. Maybe. So is your lie the skydiving? Yes, very good. (gasps) Yes, I'm proud of this. Yay. Okay. I'm pretty good with myself right now. Okay, so, okay, so tell us about this whooping cough what yeah it was super random like I guess you're supposed to get these boosters um in order not to get it and I guess people don't even think that you can get an 18th century disease still but you can (laughs) um in college there was like an outbreak of whooping cough and I was coughing for like a month and a friend was like joking she's like I bet you have whooping cough and then it was like it turned out I did so (laughs) yeah super random I literally was coughing for a month it was insane like and I would have to leave the classroom because I was feeling so guilty because like nobody could hear the professor over my coughing it was so embarrassing was it like a really deep and like really painful cough to do I feel like oh I just it sounds horrible yeah it's just like it feels like an endless tickle like you can't get the tickle out of your throat you know like it's not like your throat was sore but it was like that constant tickle and then you like, can't breathe because you're like trying to cough like pure torture funny. yeah but it makes for like a funny story like yes I've had an 18th century disease it does still exist so and I'm still around I made it through yeah exactly <laughs> so tell us about this plane incident yeah oh my gosh um this was back in college. I've always been, like, a really, really nervous flyer. I, I really hate flying, which is crazy because I love travel. It's a necessary evil. Um, but I had to fly back up to college, and I I refused. I, I, like, I said to my mom, I can't get on that plane. I said to her, like, I don't think anything bad's going to happen if I don't get on the plane. And, of course, nothing did. But I had just this really overwhelming sense of, like, foreboding that if I had gotten on that plane, something terrible would have happened. So I ended up having to take a train the next day up to college. I felt awful because obviously we had to like absorb the cost of the flight. But I, for some reason, my I just couldn't get on the plane. I, I psych myself out all the time. I'm the worst traveler. I am. I'm a nervous flyer, just like you. I know your pain. Yeah, it's just one of those things 
things where like, I think I, I'm not, not like scared of not, not being in control like that I, I don't need to be the one flying but I don't know enough about planes to know like is that a normal sound is that a bad sound like and you just, know that kind of stuff it though. just feels unnatural right it's like we're humans in this tiny little you know metal tube like flying thousands I, th- that's where I psych myself out I'm like I'm a little human, and if this thing were to go down, like, I am so tiny, there's, like, no way I can, like, I can't even really, it's just a na- an unnatural feeling to me, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's also, like, exactly what you said, like, if something were to go wrong, it'd go wrong in a really bad way, not just, like, a little, a little <laughs> bad way, you know, so that's what makes it so much more scary. But then again, like, you know, driving in a car is 10 times, I don't, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but it's definitely more dangerous than being in a plane. So it is irrational, but I don't know. (laughs) It's the sensationalism of it, I think. Okay. So, um, let's do another one. If you could have a, um, a dream day where your entire day is filled with your, you know, anything you want to do, no expense is too large or too small and... You can go anywhere you want. What would your dream day look like? I guess, like, minus the fact that I guess this would be on the beach, so maybe kind of a holiday thing. I guess my ideal um, day is pretty tame. I'd want to start in the morning with yoga on the beach, which I actually got to do in Puerto Rico and was the most incredible thing ever. Um, then read a book in a hammock in the afternoon, explore whatever local town I would be in um, with my camera, and then to just grab dinner and drinks with friends in the evening. Yeah. That would be my perfect day. <laughs> sounds sounds perfect. Sounds really relaxing. Yeah, definitely. I'm such a workaholic that I guess, you know, the idea of being able to actually relax sounds sounds really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so last one I'll ask you before we do, like, a final wrap-up. Okay, I sure. love this one because um, you never know what you're going to get for this one. It can be totally off the wall or something really, like, sentimental and deep and meaningful. Um, so what do you really and truly love? Um, what I really and truly love is creation. I think that that's also why I've decided to take the route I have with my life because, I mean, of course, I did love politics and history, and I could have seen myself doing something like that, but my life isn't – I don't feel fulfilled unless I'm constantly creating something, whether it's content – like writing content for the blog or photography. That's what fuels my life and makes life meaningful to me and makes life worth living, just being able to take something and create it. I think that's something that is so incredible about humans too is that – you know, even if you're not an artist, we in, in in many ways we all have our ways of creating. Whether it's you know creating um, a new friendship or a relationship or creating an incredible dinner for your family, creating is is kind of the backbone I think of, of life. That's I yeah. You're a girl after my own heart. It's <laughs> Thanks. Just, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay, so this has been so awesome. First of all, I'm just going to say that before we wrap up. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been really great. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me. This is my first podcast interview, so I hope it was okay. It was oh my really gosh. Fun. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You're awesome. You could be an interview every day. Okay. Let's finish up. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? I know you have a ton of wonderful little websites, so give us everything, social media, your websites, all that. Sure. So basically, everyone can find me over at lovefromberlin.net. That's where my blog's at. And if you just type in Love from Berlin for Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, that's my handle for all my social media accounts. Um, I also have a photography site. It's photography, um, P H O T O G R 
A-E-P-H-I-E. So it's like a pun. I have my name in the middle because I thought I was being witty. Um, I don't update it that often, but hopefully I will soon. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's where you can find me. <laughs> yeah, and guys, her her blog is so cool. I know I've sort of been talking about it, but like Love from Berlin. She's on. You're on Twitter a lot, and I love I love your blog so much. So definitely check it out. Well, thanks so much, Ray. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Can you say coolest chick ever? Thank you so much, Ray. You rock. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I just wanted to let you know that Creative Coffee Break is on sale and inspiration is beckoning for you to take up on it. Um, It's made for us working people to squeeze in that little activity of inspiration in between our boring meetings and events and packed schedules at work. Um, Not only has it taught our users to be more intentional about their creative time, but it also um, teaches them the tricks to seek the moments of everyday loveliness and those little moments of beauty that they used to overlook. Even if you don't have, or even if you think that you don't have a creative bone in your body, I encourage you to at least give it a try. Creative Coffee Break is available at www.romangolightly.com shop. It's on sale, like I said, so you definitely want to make sure you get it while it's hot. And really, guys, I believe that this is an important aspect in living that creative and adventurous lifestyle that we crave, is actually taking part in these activities, these little tiny things that we can do to lead that 100%, even if it is for those 15 minutes in between when you're sipping your coffee in the morning. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Next week, we are going to be joined by Alana Jadala, who is honestly like Instagram crush. She is the collaboration queen, and we're going to learn so much about her insight on working with different creatives in the creative industry, as well as brands, and really how we can connect with other artists out there to create even better work than what we create on our own. So we're going to hear firsthand from the best of the best. She's also living nomadically around the United States right now. And we get to hear about how that experience is going for her. Um, It's a great episode and she rules. We will see you next week. If you want to keep up with our adventures, make sure to follow on Instagram at Rome and Golightly or on Snapchat at Rome underscore Golightly because I guess it's too long on Snapchat. I Okay, Snapchat, I get it, whatever. Um, but definitely make sure you follow us along there. Let us know how your creative adventures are going and if you're feeling inspired. Definitely make sure you rate, review, and subscribe so other people like yourself can find what we do and help you and feel even more encouraged by what's going on by this creative community. You guys rule. See you next week. 